1: Thank you, as always, for joining me today and for sending your friends to the website. I truly appreciate that. And I have some exciting news. I'm going to start a podcast. Um, And so I'm really excited about doing this. Now, it's not going to take anything away from what we do here because I love this. But I am going to be doing some podcasting. And I'm hoping that you will take advantage of that. And I'll give you more information as we move forward on it. So... Today, we are talking about the word devotion. And it's kind of a big word, kind of a heavy word, but it is truly a beautiful thing. And many times we miss how beautiful this word is and what devotion really means. And so when we think about this, I want to read you just some explanations. And if we use devotion as a noun, then it means there's a lot of love, there's loyalty, there's enthusiasm for a person or an activity or a cause. So something like, you know, his courage and devotion to duty never wavered. It inspires people. And so we also have things that are similar. We have loyalty, faithfulness, fidelity. So we also really see this with, you know, religious worship or observance. And so when we see someone that's devoted, very devoted to something, we can admire them. Now, it depends on what they're obviously devoted to. But what is the true meaning of uh, of devotion? Well, it's actually loyalty and love or care. See, loyalty and love or care for someone or something I'll give you an example so think about this maybe he inspired respect and devotion from his students devotion you know the way she lived her life it causes us to want to remember her and so when we think about this idea of devotion well what is a devotion a devotion a lot of times is often seen as a quiet time that you spend praying reading God's Word reflecting on your relationship with him You might also choose to sing hymns or meditate or write a journal. So what you're doing is you're making time for something, someone that you're very devoted to. And so if you think about your children, your family, co-workers, even your pets, what would it mean if we weren't devoted to them? And this is why it's so important for us to recognize what are we devoting our hearts to Is it appropriate what we are devoting ourselves to? And so, if you do practice devotion, what you'll see is that it's kind of like a quiet time that you spend praying, reading God's word. You know, you might even want to sing songs, these types of different things. And so, when we look at devotions in the Bible, what we usually see is it's a purpose for encouraging us to think about God to live a God-pleasing life, to be strengthened in our faith. And what I want to encourage you about doing, if you want to practice devotions, what I want you to really do is make sure that you're being really honest with God. I mean, He knows what you're thinking and feeling anyways, right? It's not like we can hide. But you get the best out of God when you actually tell Him the truth of your circumstance how you're feeling, what you're needing, what you're wanting. And to really take a risk and say, this is God. He, he either is, is God or he's not God. So I believe he's God. I'm going to tell him the truth because he knows, he sees right through me, right? I'm cellophane with God. <laughs> it's like, he knows everything anyways. So why would I hide? He already knows it. So I want you to think about what devotion really means. And so if we look at devotion in terms of maybe strong love or affection for somebody, you know, when you're wondering what a devoted partner means, it can also refer to a strong emotional attachment. And so in the work that I do during the week, in my sessions with clients, one of the things I work on is making sure they're not attaching to things that are dangerous because we can do that many times. Some of that is, is things like drugs and alcohol. It could be um, being too religious about exercise or a way that we eat, and it's taking away from our life and our ability to spend time with humans. And so I want you to be really thinking about, wow, what is devotion in my life? What am I devoted to? And many times what we find is that I might be devoted to some really bad habits, <laughs> And I have had to deal with that in my life. I, you know, maybe you're a new listener or, or a longtime listener, and you know my biggest problem was smoking, smoking and Diet Pepsi. Okay, now this is in the 80s, all right? I got to tell you. So it's not like it was yesterday. But I'm telling you what, cigarettes was a really tough thing for me. It was like my best friend. And I had a very difficult time quitting cigarettes. And I'll tell you something funny. I was in my uh, my office this about a month ago, and you know you don't ever see people out smoking anymore. It used to be people smoked everywhere, and so I remember coming from my car and I'm walking into my building, and I walked through this smoke. It was a person that was actually smoking, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that smells so good!" <laughs> and I thought, Cynthia, you haven't had a cigarette since 1980. Oh my gosh, right? but it's like, my goodness, it captivated me. And so that's an example of a devotion to something. And this is where we have to be careful about what we're really truly devoted to. And we have to ask ourselves: is this self-seeking? Am I devoted to this for some other reason that I'm purporting to have that I'm not wanting people to know about? And so I want you to think about this idea of devotions. And what do you do with your devotional time? Where, do, where, where are you giving your devotion to? Is it the gym? Is it um, food? Alcohol? Is it um, money? What, what are you devoted to? And what do you do with that devotion? How much time and energy do you spend being devoted to that thing? so we also have spiritual devotions absolutely and so we can be maybe sometimes, you know tempted to think that if we just figure out a secret formula you know the right mixture of the bible and meditation and prayer maybe we'll experience this euphoric moment of rapturous communion you know with god and and if it doesn't happen then we think that we've done something wrong and we might just ditch it instead of recognizing that if i'm devoted to someone if i'm devoted to something i have to make sure that i understand what i'm devoted to so usually what we want to think about with devotion is it's something that i'm devoting to another thing it isn't something i'm expecting to come back to me so we have to remind ourselves that if i'm devoted to something am i devoted to the right thing if I'm devoted to my workout, and I'm, I don't get to do it, and I throw a fit, right? Or or what if I'm devoted to religion, but not really the heart of what religion is about? So these are things that we want to be able to say to ourselves, you know, what am I really devoting to? Because if you devote to something, it's hard to undo it. See, the danger of this misperception is that it can produce kind of chronic disappointment and discouragement. Cynicism sets in. You know, we give up or we whip through, you know, the devotion just to, like, not have any guilt afterwards. And so a lot of times you have to understand that our longing for intimate communion with God is God-given. It's a good thing to desire, to ask for, to pursue. See, the Spirit does give us wonderful occasional tastes, you know. what it's like and this longing also then happens to give us that impetus to say i want more of this i'm not satisfied yet and so god has purposes for us and the daily discipline of bible reading of praying and i'd like to add courtesy to people being, you know, uh, aware of your own emotions and how you're managing those emotions, I want you to be devoted to being a person that is a peacekeeper. Now, that does not mean that we don't confront people. But I want you to really understand this important devotion. And we have so many devotional books that are helpful. And I I have several that I really, really enjoy. And so what we want to think about is that this is kind of a soul exercise. It's an exercise for our soul. And it helps our bodies, and it increases strength and endurance, and it also promotes general health. And it also helps us keep unnecessary weight off. See, devotions are like exercises for our souls. So they force us to attend to something that might be self-indulgent or distracted. Or these pursuits that may not be healthy for us to do. And see, God has purposes and promises for us. And if we neglect time with him, then our souls are going to get lazy. And our soul is going to get greedy. And our soul may start to be kind of judgmental. So it's okay if there's no special spark in your Bible reading all the time. That, that's really okay. In fact, ordinary devotions really are a good thing. However, they're, they're not magic. They're not intended to change everything in your life overnight. The devotions are about a habit. It's kind of like, do you brush your teeth every night? And if you don't, you feel kind of weird, right? Well, this is Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about devotion and what it really means. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and always appreciate you tuning in and feeding your soul with just some positive, helpful, you know, things that you can be thinking about and adding into your life. And so I wanted to really do something about devotionals. And I'm sure that many of you have different devotions that you do. And I want you to think about how important devotions are. Because they feed our soul. They feed our spirit. And this is one of the ways that God can talk to us about things. This is one of the ways he helps to keep us on track. It's one of the ways he He encourages to be the people that he intended for us to be. And so it's okay, you know, like we talked about last time, that if there's no special spark in your Bible reading every day, it that's really not the point. See, ordinary devotions are a good thing, and they are, they are what we call soul shaping. And so the body will generally take the shape of how we exercise it, right? So depending on how we do it, you know, running shapes one way, weight training shapes another way. You know, so the same is true for the soul. It will conform to how we exercise it or how we don't exercise it. So this is why changing your exercise routine can be very helpful. Such as reading the Bible in one year. Camping in a book and memorizing it another year. Take a few months to meditate and pray through texts related to an area that's of, of like, maybe some concern to you. And this is one of the ways that we become the best version of ourself. So, Bible like Bible reading and, and I take copious notes a lot of times. I write all over my Bible. It's it's all through it. And because I had a thought maybe, or I had an a, an emotion, or I had a, like an epiphany, and I want to like date it and say, hey, that's when I realized this. And so this is why we want to think about this whole idea of devotion and what am I devoted to? What am I devoted to? Well, in the last segment, I talked to you about when I was in college, I was very devoted to smoking. (laughs) So I was very good at it. And it was a heartbreak to quit. Thankfully, I did. You know, that's kind of one of the dumbest things I started. And so you want to be thinking about the many times that we have talked about how words can change your brain. And how words change your brain, it then goes down to your heart. It changes your heart. And so this is why it's so important that we recognize, what are we devoting to? What are we devoting to? What am I devoted to? And so I can be, for me, like devoted to my clients. I'm very devoted to my clients. I want them to be the best version of whoever they could be. And I want them to have the relationships in their life that they've been craving. So I'm very devoted to that practice. And so I do things very specifically to continue in that practice, which means I learn new things. I I work on being uh, humble because I don't want to think that I know everything. I work on loving, unlovable people. And these are things that I want you to be thinking about. What What are you actually devoted to? Maybe you're devoted to a football uh, you know, a, a team. I don't know. Maybe you're devoted to exercise. Maybe you're devoted to whatever it may be. I want you to be thinking about what you're really, truly devoted to. And are you supplying the necessary things to keep that devotion going? And so when we think about this, we can think about like in Ephesians, it talks about fight training. And what we see in Marines, they undergo this rigorous training in order to 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 so ingrain their weapons knowledge that when they're suddenly faced with chaos of combat, they instinctively know what to ha- how to do it and how to handle it. Similarly, daily handling and using the sword of the spirit makes us more skilled spiritual warriors. So when we think about this, we want to say, you know, Jesus really does want us to see and to savor him. See, savoring comes through seeing, but only the eyes of faith can see him. See, think about this idea of blind faith. It's quite a contradiction, at least biblically. See, faith is not blind. Unbelief is blind. Faith is seeing a reality that physical eyes can't see or believe. So when we hear about that wonderful verse in Peter, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. So it's a gift, and like most of God's gifts, they're intended to be cultivated. So daily devotions are a very important way to train our faith eyes, which means train what we see. Daily devotions are very important to be able to see the glory of Jesus in the world, and especially at this time in our world. It's very tumultuous, and it's, it's kind of scary. So I want you to think about cultivating, cultivating that love for truth, cultivating a commitment to being the best version of you. And like we've talked before on this show, I was a swimmer and one of the things they always harp on with swimmers is you don't look to the right or left when you're swimming because you will lose the race. So we can't be distracted by things that the world is doing, or friends or family, or they should, they could, they would, if only they would do this, we have to really be focused on me. What am I doing? Am I okay with what I'm doing? Am I okay with how I'm treating people? Am I okay with my spouse, with my children? Am I okay with how I, how I handle my pets, right? We have some people that overaggrandize pets, and then we have some people that ignore them. And so we want to think about that this idea of, of really devoting to God, devoting to Christ, helps us to recognize that's kind of like a beacon, that we start to find how far off we are from that mark. And so maybe I need to reevaluate some of my behaviors or my thoughts, some of my feelings I might need to reevaluate. I might need to get back on track And that's many times what devotions will do for us. It helps us to come back to a different way of thinking because sometimes we can, you know, kind of trick ourselves and believe everything we think and then it ends up not working out as well as we thought it was going to work out. So we want to be aware. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? What are my intentions? Why am I snagged on this? Why can I not forgive? And these are very important things for us to do in our internal world. And devotions oftentimes will help us get back on track and know what we are actually devoted to. If we ask God, he will show us what we're actually devoted to. And I've done that before, and I, ha- didn't, I wasn't necessarily super happy with what I found I was devoted to m- the majority of the time. And I had to kind of rearrange some things. I had to, you know, kind of decide that, wait, I've I've got some values that are not in line with God and they are not going to help me. And I got to get back on track because I want to be who God originally designed me to be. When he created me in my mother's womb, he had a plan. I was an idea and he made that idea happen. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about the importance of devotion. I hear the whispers in my... Well, Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. If you're just tuning in, thank you so much for joining in. And make sure that you go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and that is actually spelled the way it sounds, Cynthia Hyatt, so (laughs) it's easy to find. Well, we are talking today about motivation. We're also talking about devotion, and those two words many times come together, but what I find many times is that the devotion might wear down, and that affects the motivation, And so what we want to think about is how do we really delight in cultivation, right? So when a couple falls in love, right, there is all these hormonal fireworks. But when they're married, they must continue to cultivate delight in one another. It's a consistent, persistent, faithful, intentional, affectionate pursuit of one another during better, worse Richer, poorer, sickness, and in health. And it cultivates the capacity to delight in one another for deeper and richer, more firework types of phase. And so what happens many times is when we fall in love, we we want to stay with that feeling. And we forget that that's not where God wants us to live. See, there's many benefits And you could add a lot of them to the list. But the bottom line is this. Don't give up on daily devotions. Don't whip through them. Don't let them get crowded out by other demands. Because this is very important as you are building your faith. You're building your life. And you're building more of who you are. And so I want you to think about this when you are considering what you're going to be devoted to. Now, we're many times devoted to a lot of things that maybe we should not be devoted to that aren't really helping us. And so I want to think about this idea, and this is from um, Mr. Packer. He says, our God is a God who not merely restores, but takes up our mistakes and follies into his plan for us and brings good out of them. Isn't that an amazing insight? I'm going to say it one more time. Our God is a God who not merely restores, but takes up our mistakes and follies into his plan for us and brings good out of them. Isn't that amazing? And see, this is where we want to be having devotionals with God. The same way that you can understand when you're first in love with someone, you want to be with them all the time. And there's a lot of devotion to making time for them. Now, I'm not wanting any of you to feel like you're being beat up or something. I know that this works. So it isn't about religion. It isn't about doing the right thing. It's about knowing the God who created you and was excited about you when he did it. And the God that wants to come alongside you and help you be the best version of you. So that you actually enjoy yourself as much as he enjoys you and that you can find some power, you can find some comfort in being with yourself. So I want you to think about some of these. And I have this one, this one little saying that I like, and it says, this is what, what Psalm seventy-seven nineteen says. You made a way through the sea and the paths through the deep waters, but your footprints were never seen. You led your people like a flock, By using Moses and Aaron. See, think about that. God can do anything he wants to do. But he wants to involve us. And so we can't do what God is doing. We can't part the the seas. But we can be a part of what God is doing. In his world, in us, and in those that we love. And so we find... That God is always able to undo, redo things for us. A lot of this has to do with trust. So the more you practice devotions, the easier it is to trust God. The same way as the more that I practice devotion to my husband, the easier it is for me to see the goodness in him. It's easier for me to understand, to overlook. And he does the same for me. See, devotion is one of these things that kind of covers a multitude of sin, right? And it doesn't mean that it's okay. What it means is when I'm devoted to something, I'm hanging in there. I'm not just walking away because it didn't happen fast enough. Devotion means that I'm seeing a bigger picture that I'm devoted to, even if it's not happening in the moment I'm in. See, that's what devotion is doing, and God is highly, incredibly devoted to his people. So you want to be able to say to yourself, wow, okay, God, I need to practice devotions. And that might mean devoting yourself to eating the right thing. It could mean devoting yourself to reading the Bible, devoting yourself to not speeding, whatever it may be that causes you to be the best version of you. Well, thank you. We have another segment, so don't miss out. I'll talk to you soon. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining in today, and if you're a first-time listener, I really appreciate you joining in. And I want you to take advantage of the many things that we have at the website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com, and it's phonetically spelled the way that it sounds, Cynthia Hyatt. And so I want you to really take advantage of some of the things that we have on the website. And this particular show today is about devotion. And what do we devote ourselves to? And what really is devotion? And so I want you to to really hear this. Does devotion mean love? I don't know. See, devotion is a term that's used to describe a person's strong love, affection, admiration for another. So when you're wondering what a devoted partner means, it can also refer to strong emotional attachments. Like we would like to think that the person I'm devoted to is as devoted back to me and that that feels and cares deeply for me and see this is God's saying to us how devoted he is to his people and so when we think about what devotion actually is how do you show devotion what is spiritual devotion and and this is why we have to say what is the point of devoting my life to something and someone if all I do is get hurt and this is where we have to kind of go back and find the adult part of us and say, there's got to be a part of me that's doing this because it's the right thing. It doesn't mean I'm doing it because I'm just waiting for the payback. That doesn't, that's not right. I have to be adult enough to say, hey, I'm devoted to this cause, even though I might not like some of the players. Or I'm devoted to this person's life, even though I'm not happy how they're living it. Or, I'm very devoted to this company. I think they can make big changes in the world, and I want to be a part of it. So I want you to make sure that you have some devotional books that you read. And my favorite ones are The Red Sea Rules, Jesus Calling, and my favorite of all time, Streams in the Desert. And I've had these books for 25 years, and they're marked up. There's little you know, pages falling out. There's all kinds of things, because what it does is it reminds me of who I am. It reminds me of what I'm doing, and it keeps me on center. And so I like the Red Sea Rules, and I, I, there's a wonderful little um, psalms that um, Moses and Aaron said, and this is, this is part of what, it, it, it's amazing. So it says, you made a way through the sea and the paths through the deep waters, but your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by using Moses and Aaron. So in this story, God is, is saying that Asaph found some overcoming strength. So you just think of it. The winds blow, the seas split, the waters are congealed into towering walls, and the Israelites are passing through dry land. So I want us to think about this, that I want you to be inspired by what you're reading. I want you to read some things that make you want to be a better person. And I I love this saying that I I have, and, and this is also in the Red Sea Rules. And it says, no sea is deeper than the ocean of his love. There is no army stronger than his hosts, no force greater than his throne of grace and no enemy who can overcome his direct and indirect work in our lives. The reality of the Red Sea is a word. It's this. God will always make a way for his tired yet trusting children, even if he must split the sea to do it. See, these are the things that we want to plant deep in our hearts because we want to be able to resist Getting de- getting that, that good feeling by devoting something to, I don't know, you know, amazing amounts of TV watching, or devoting my time to pornography, or devoting my time to eating the wrong thing at the wrong time in the wrong way, or gossiping. I don't want to feel good because I wow found out some some really fascinating, you know, information about one of my friends or family. See what we want to do is we, we want to realize that God means for you to be where you are. So where you are is where you're supposed to be, even if it doesn't make sense to you. And this is a verse from Exodus chapter 14, and it's verses 1 and 2, and it says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before Pi, between Migdal and the sea, opposite of baal which means... To us that it didn't make any sense to the people that were having to, to actually do this and so the sea goes before them and Pharaoh's hosts are behind them and the mountains around them and all of this actually was observed but permitted and ordered by God see God always has a way he's always going to make a way even if there doesn't seem to be a way so we keep our eyes on Christ and He will see you through. He will always make a way. And it's very difficult to actually believe it. And I have to tell you that I've had my my times and my days where I have not <laughs> I have not felt, you know, very, I don't know, very smart. I haven't felt very like on top of it. I haven't felt like I, I know what I'm doing. And so this is where I want you to really consider finding some devotional books for you to read. And I'm telling you my favorites, it's Jesus Calling the Red Sea Rules and Streams in the Desert. And so when I read Streams in the Desert um, this morning, this is what it said. And this is 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 24. This thing is from me. Life's disappointments are veiled love's appointments. That's First Kings 12, 24. Think about that. God is saying, whatever the thing is that's bothering you, hurting you, dist- distressing you, God is saying, this thing is from me. Life's disappointments are veiled love's appointments. And it goes on to say, my child, I have a message for you today. Let me whisper it in your ear, that it may gild with glory any storm clouds which may arise and smooth the rough places upon which you have to tread. It is short, only five words, but let them sink into your inmost soul. Use them as a pillow upon which to rest your weary head. This thing is from me. Think about that. Have you ever thought, thought of of all the concerns and the concerns that you have and the concerns that you have for others? And, and what he's saying is, these things are from me. So when he says, this is from me, the Savior said, as bending low, he kissed my brow. For one who loves you thus has led, just rest in me, be patient now. Your Father knows you have need of this, though why perchance you cannot see? Grieve not for things you seemed to miss. The thing I send is best for thee. And that's helped me in the last couple of days to say, okay, whatever the, the, whatever the thing is, God is saying this thing is from me. Now, I don't always like it, and I have to work on trust always because I have to remind myself, why would God go to all the effort that he's gone to for this world and then let it not work? That would be ridiculous. And so I'm wanting all of us to recognize this is from me, the savior said. A bending low he kissed my brow for one who loves you thus has led. Just rest in me, be patient now. Your father knows you have need of this. Though why perchance you cannot see, grieve not for things you've seemed to miss. The thing I send is best for thee. And this is why it's so important that we think about what kind of devotions do we want to have. And I'm not, I'm not advocating that we become a scholar in this. What I'm wanting for you to do is recognize that God is the Word. He is the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us. He wants us to be inspired. He wants us to feel safe. He wants us to, to know what he's doing behind the scenes that we can't see. And that we need to trust him. And this is tough. This is tough for me. And, and it's, you know, to have eyes of faith, sometimes I, I really just don't see. <laughs> so, so sometimes we have to delight in what we call um, cultivation. See, when couples fall in love, there's this hormonal firework that happens. Then they get married, and they have to cultivate delight in one another. Like they have to work at it, okay? Okay. And it is consistent and persistent, faithful, has to be intentional, affectionate, okay, pursuit of one another during better and worse, richer and poorer, sickness and health times. It cultivates a capacity for delight in one another. It's deeper and richer. And similarly, devotions are one of those things we cultivate that delight in God. Many days, you know, I've, I've been reading these books for 20 years. I still find something new. And even if I don't find something new, I find something comforting. And so devotions are a way that we cultivate trust in God. See, many days it can seem like nothing's happening. It can seem like my life is boring. It can seem like nothing is ever working. But what we want to do is cultivate that trust in God. See, there's many benefits that happen when you begin to really trust God. And the way that you know you're actually trying to trust God is that it doesn't always feel good. And sometimes it can feel like, this is really stupid. What am I doing? But what you want to think about is, the more I trust God, the more I see him. The more I trust God, the more I feel him. The more I seek after God, the more I know him. He's the best friend. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is always with you. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. He doesn't want us to be afraid or to be worried. Now, those are big things to say. I know because (laughs) I've studied these things and I have to remind myself of them. I, I really think that God... You know, gave me this wonderful opportunity of being on the radio and doing podcasts and all these kinds of things because he knows I need to have it every day. I might not do devotionals every day if it weren't for God. And so I want you to think about all the things that bother you, that, that come over you, that worry you, that frighten you, all the things that maybe you've done that you're scared that someone's going to find out about. I want you to be cultivating that trust in God and saying I can't see him I sometimes I can't even feel him but I know that he's there and I know he's on my side because he says so and God is a God that does not lie and that's one of the most favorite things I can tell myself is a God is a God that does not lie and this is why my faith is solely in him now that doesn't mean I don't get scared it doesn't mean I don't feel weird doesn't mean that I don't think like okay this is never going to work I don't even know why I'm trying maybe this is stupid and I lose all faith in myself and then God says to me I'm with you I go before you I will be with you I will never let the righteous fall so thank you for joining me today I'm excited for this and I want you to really practice the things we talked about today have a great rest of your week